0: Looks like the Wi-Fi and everything's working well enough. Ah, so we'll see how this goes.
1: The connection is somewhat uh, spotty.
0: Absolute worst case scenario we could call on the phone, I suppose.
1: (laughs) And the cell reception in here sucks, too. So oh,
0: so it's just a double whammy. Calling I suppose
1: on the phone would probably work okay, because I've done it before.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. But, but we'll see.
0: As as places go for a tech fast, I suppose, is quite uh, appropriate.
1: They had this place before. There was a place that required tech fasting. But, mm-hmm.
2: but I mean, like, it,
0: it worked out well
1: for a location. It worked out well. Hello, everyone. And we're off.
0: Uh, first podcast of the Riley's on a Tech Fest era. Yes. Speaking of which, how is that going so far? Are you what? Two weeks I, in? Three weeks in? We
1: are basically one week in because okay. the first week we weren't in it yet. uh And so the second week, yes, but it has been going wonderfully. I have good. enjoyed it much more than I was expecting to does it feel kind of like koinonia
0: but extended in some ways but
1: but indefinite nice Mm -hmm. well it's it is definite but like you really have to to commit like because you you get eight hours of media use a week so it really forces you
0: to prioritize things
1: yes like calling all of your peoples and that's mostly all the time you have in
0: a week (laughs) So enough enough to maintain uh, a acceptable level of human contact.
1: Precisely, not that we don't in the house, because that is one of the big points of the house.
0: Right, right. right. But, but with, the, with the with the
1: outside peoples.
0: So I guess what are the uh, so you're on the tech fest? What are you guys supposed to like stay in the house most of the time, or can you go out and like do grocery I mean, shopping and stuff we, like yeah, that?
1: Yeah, we there's a fair amount of not being here, but there is also quite a lot of being here. Mm. we can go shopping and stuff if we want, but they have kind of the responsibilities divvied up among people in the house. So there's like one group that's responsible for buying all the food for the house. Mm. So there's sort of a communal
0: living aspect to it where everybody's got a role.
1: Yes. And that rotates throughout the year. So like our, we just got done with our chapel cleaning stint and liturgical functions and so next week we're back on to floor duty so we clean our floor and then (laughs) after that we'll be on kitchen so and then back to floor so that's kind of the rotation
0: now is there's not really any coursework for this year it's it's like a formation session more
1: or less yeah there's some like reading that is assigned but it's not like assigned assigned right if so, if for,
0: for best experience read these chapters. Yes. That makes sense. Um so yeah, let's see. Is this are you guys like the first year for, or i suppose are, are you with a mix of guys from other dioceses or is this just Crookston
1: Oh, this is places all over. Okay. Okay. Basically, I suppose yeah, being SPS. SPS programming If there was just Crookston there would only be two of us.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that would get
1: interesting You can
3: make it if you try But
1: uh, Yeah there's yeah. Diocese represented range from Boise, Idaho Illinois, oh, wow. Montana um, St. Cloud Crookston The Archdiocese of St. Paul mm. um Omaha
0: So quite a spread But fairly local
1: Yes Fairly Relatively local Apart speaking, from Apart Midwest. from the Idaho
0: Yeah that's a, that's a little bit out there Yeah but the Idaho
1: bishop sort of like, out in Idaho uh, was a former rector of SGV. Uh, so he knows the place.
0: That makes sense. Um, is this is is this the first year that uh is doing Propodudic?
1: This is basically the first year that almost anyone is.
0: Okay. Because I know that uh, that's something that, and maybe we've talked about this on the podcast before, but for a refresher, Um, the practice is becoming more and more widespread in seminary formation. Next year it
1: will be required.
0: Okay. Okay. So they're just kind of easing everybody into it this year in preparation for that.
1: A lot of bishops have basically just decided to institute the requirement already. Might as well. This program is in its second year. So last year, all of the Helena guys were still, they were here doing this.
0: So by the time it's actually like in force, people will be well used to it
1: yeah it'll kind of be an expectation
3: okay that's a good way to do that
0: but cool that sounds like uh it see it seems like almost uh a half time of sorts in seminary formation because you have your college seminary guys a couple years of major seminary and then formation year yeah. and then back this is into... this
1: is usually supposed to happen before you do anything
0: oh okay so, so right yeah beginning. for
1: me it ends up being a half time but for uh, most people, it's supposed to be a before you get rolling.
0: Okay. okay, so like, if you went from college seminary, you would start with this year, then go into your classes.
1: So if you, you did, ideally, you'll do this even before college seminary. Okay, if sense. you're one of those people who do college seminary,
2: mm.
0: that makes sense.
1: So yes, it's the before instruction is what the Latin literally means.
0: Is there um? Was there a particular, uh, like, how did this get started? Where where does it trace its origins to? Um,
1: in Europe, they've been doing something like this for a long time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and kind of the idea behind it is sort of like a novitiate for the diocesan priesthood.
0: Sure. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's had its roots in like like the whole nov- novitiate postulant model has been the case for religious orders for centuries. Yeah. It, seem, it seems like something that works especially well I mean if it works for religious orders it works
1: right it's probably and works for diocesan there, priesthood. the thing that the novitiate does is like gives you a taste of the life mm-hmm. and the spirituality those are kind of the primary points of it so to kind of taste the spirituality of the diocesan priesthood and get used to a life of prayer before you start academics is actually super useful
0: that seems, yeah, pretty valuable too. And from a I kind of wish I had had it. Sure. Um, that sounds pretty useful from like a discernment standpoint too. Like, um, before you get like caught up in all the classes and stuff, which are only temporary, like giving you a taste of that spirituality and prayer life. It's like, okay, for your discernment purposes, is this something. I mean, obviously, everybody needs to have develop a daily habit of prayer and stuff, but like particular like give you a taste of what it is particular to priests so mm-hmm. that you have a better idea it's like okay this is what my life will kind of look like in the future so that's it's that's, that's a good 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 thing it i'm uh, uh, glad it's going well
2: yeah so. uh, what's
0: what's happened since the last we spoke
1: um did your house get sold from under your feet
0: Oh yeah, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing that's going on. <laughs> so our house is up for sale. Um, we our rental company put it up for sale, and then a week later told us it was up for sale, even though we, we found out. Maybe they figured we would.
3: And they only told us it's for sale because hey, tomorrow we've got somebody we're showing. The house. Yeah.
0: The, although the, there was like a couple with a with a baby, and they were only there for like fifteen minutes because we barely cleaned the house, so it probably didn't look all that impressive. But the story boils down to um regardless of if they sell the house our lease which is up in may will be honored so even if they sold the house today um we can stay here until may 31st so that's a relief which gives us a lot more time to um find alternate plans yeah figure out where we're gonna be uh-huh. all that yeah stuff so that that takes a, a lot of the stress off of it because <laughs> at first I was just like, "crap!" Like all out of nowhere, it's like, "Do I have to find a new place to live?" So, yeah, we have about eight months
3: left as of the recording of this podcast. Mm-hmm. You could be listening to it in the future, and it would be significantly closer or past. To yeah, <laughs> assuming <laughs> that, that is people do the backlog. recorded media.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that that's uh, sounds like Nathan's not on to me oh not uh it sounds like i'm hearing your echo off of james maybe that's just it but I, it I'm, doesn't I'm like on your voice check, isn't check. that's better yeah okay oh no...
0: i'm bumped when we were jostling around stuff oh uh, well because we have a gamecube over there there's like a joystick over there there's all kinds of wires and crisscrossy stuff um yeah, the GameCube is there because we did our first stream earlier this week. That yeah, was that was the other thing. That a successful
3: happened. test, I would say.
0: Yeah, started playing through for those who didn't watch. I mean, there was exactly one person besides John and Isaac who did watch. So thank you to uh, Odin something. Oh, Odin, remembered.
3: several numbers. Yep, for
0: watching for the first twenty minutes or so and uh, engaging in the chat. So, yes, Twitch.tv slash Pala Papists if you want to watch a stream. We're gonna go for. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays when possible, so stay tuned.
1: Uh, yeah, that perhaps, was that was fun. Perhaps the occasional Saturday to involve. Yeah, perhaps uh, the occasional I Saturday. Mean...
0: Perhaps while well, whilst Riley is on uh, on his produdic year, mm-hmm. um, where we started with like a I'm doing a playthrough of Twilight Princess, which I haven't played before. We'll probably do um, that. As, it, as long as it lasts and on one day a week, and then the second day, probably something different. We haven't figured that out yet. But mm. yeah, we are finally committing to the streaming thing. So it's all set up now. Um, Trouble some technical difficulties, but it's up and running and uh, going pretty well. Yeah, that was, that was a fun little first test.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was...
0: I mean... It proves it works. Yes. <laughs> uh. But yeah let's see anything else major happen i had homecoming week at work that was a whole yeah, yeah a you, you were thing, busy at work and that's grueling about. week which is funny because the majority of the year there's like majority of the year i get my work done really fast and i'm like twiddling my thumbs looking for something to do and then there's like three or four weeks where it's just nonstop go 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 work saturday stay home Sunday, come back Monday. And that was homecoming week last week. And mm. so as a result of like the extra hours I worked last week, I got Friday off. So that was, that was nice to get the, uh, I had a long weekend, short weekend, and then another long weekend. Cause that labor day that, that also complicated homecoming week. Cause labor day was Monday of homecoming week, which meant I had four days to do the amount of work that I needed to get done mm-hmm. instead of five. Cause that, extra day i worked saturday i was out and about um they had like this hall of fame banquet and whatnot i had to work so that's done and work is going to be as the principal put it um a delightfully normal schedule from here on out for the next few weeks so it's uh it was fun in a lot of ways uh but um i was yesterday i was just kind of like i don't want to do anything i just want to sit here I I finished editing a wedding film so that I'm in a lull there. So you're you're like, in the clear for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just chilling. It's been nice.
3: Yeah. I suppose um you mentioned uh oh it Labor Day that mm-hmm. weekend I went out to Central Minnesota and hung out with some cousins. Uh that was a good time. Mhm. Uh but aside from that also
0: what happened Labor Day weekend?
1: I've I moved out. That's that's happened. right. Yeah. Okay.
3: Speaking of you moving out, I noticed your uh, our project in the background of your yes. aud- uh, yeah Audible is it, is video it, is it here. Is it working? Does it, it still is work?
1: Working. One of the the hose clamps popped off, so I replaced it, and now it it's leaking steam somewhere. So I, I'll have to open it up and see where that's coming out of and probably fix another clamp but okay but nothing electrical otherwise, otherwise, right now <laughs> the electrical has all been okay yay <laughs> that
3: means i don't have to go down there and fix something
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we don't might come contract
1: your services once again over christmas break to oh put do the scale mod the scale mod yes so uh, what they are working on a thing right now that very few people have done. But it's there you put a little scale on the bottom under the drip tray so that it automatically shuts off the flow when it reaches your design. Oh output. that's handy. that's pretty cool. But you that's have ha- to use a different microcontroller, so we'll have to get an STM thirty two and take out the wires from the nano and stick it in there. All but it right shouldn't then. be anywhere near as much work as the other one was. Particularly now that we've done
3: the whole thing once, taken it apart, putting it together. We've got a bit of a system.
1: Yeah. I'm in well, the system.
2: <laughs> I'm, a, that's I'm, a, I'm a
0: espresso machine hacker.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what we did.
0: Yeah. It's like, what we if we made this that better? Well, that's that's kind of neat. And I'm sure a actual like espresso machine with all of these features would be ridiculously expensive compared to...
1: Prohibitively. Like- so. probably somewhere in the order of two grand for the things that this ca- capacity has
0: now what did, what is the cost of the materials that the original espresso machine come down to roughly
1: Well if you put all that together like 700 ish so that's a
0: all about sixty percent savings on that yeah or sixty percent cost yeah.
1: The yeah. only downside of this one is it has a rather small boiler uh. so it's not good for making many drinks. Serve but for a, for a single person For a single person it works wonderfully Well it's mm-hmm. good Speaking that's of single really persons
0: uh, We're the Palladium Papists <laughs> I'm, <James> I'm Nathan
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was me like, as, as, as soon
0: as I saw where that was going And I was just like let's go <laughs> But also the, the, the
1: but single, single also persons, the,
3: It works for the
1: yes, for the is that, philosophical the film we're, film we're doing today
0: it. Yes a philosophical today On Thor Love and Thunder I had to think for a second. In a world where one man will decide whether to pull a lever and kill one man, or not pull a lever and allow five people to die, find out in
3: Film Yes, philosophicals—the yes. uh, show where we get philosophical about films.
0: The film in question is Thor: Love and Thunder, which, to be completely honest, I at first didn't know would even be podcast-worthy. But upon viewing, it's like, oh, this has oh, yeah. got
1: some stuff. We can this, talk. About. There's some. There's some substance to this thing. That, that was my general impression of it. Watching the first half hour, I'm like, okay, this is another stupid, overly cheesy Thor movie. Mm-hmm. And then as it got on, I'm like,
3: "Oh,
0: oh, wait a minute." Okay,
3: I feel like it even just it has a little more substance to talk about that even Ragnarok had. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd Which so. Ragnarok was fun and all. It's just not exactly podcast worthy. Yeah. Uh, so in uh, Love and Thunder, where do we where do we pick up? Well, we pick up after um, after End Game and all that stuff happened, right? Yep. Um, where Thor's off
0: with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah,
3: Thor's off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's getting back in shape. He's trying to. Become a better four than he was in in Endgame, which was kind of his low point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's you know off with the Guardians of the Galaxy doing their thing, where they just follow whatever distress signal they get and go try and help out. And he's being this and they're helping subtly, wandering god of thunder.
0: They're subtly, not so subtly, trying to get rid of him <laughs> because as as much as he's powerful, he kind of cramps on their style, and it's 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 not a great. Fit, but they manage to part amicably. Right, um, particularly
3: since he gets a dis- they get a dis- a lot of distress, a lot of distressed calls. Pardon me, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them happens to be from his friend Sif, who's like an Guardian warrior warrior, and they're friends from back in the day. So he's like, "Hey, I've got to go help her. You go help all the other people in the galaxy if you want."
0: We're like, "Oh no, really? Don't say it. like say it ain't so. Oh, guess we're leaving now. Goodbye." Yes. So he. <laughs>
3: He shows up to uh, where Sif is, and she's like, "Hey Thor, um, I'm very injured. Um, also, there is a fellow named Gore, the God Butcher, who is out to kill all of the god figures in the galaxy, because uh, Gore, um, like his backstory is left pretty kind of vague, but the point is he was a d- devoted follower of the Sun God."
0: On some planet.
3: On some planet. And there's a terrible either war or famine or something or other. But he gets lost in the desert with his daughter. His wife dies. His daughter dies in his arms. He's at the end of his rope. He finds an oasis in the middle of the desert where his sun god is just chilling, eating and drinking and having a good time and celebrating the death of a guy who was trying to assassinate him with a relic called the Necrosword. And he's like, oh, yeah. Uh Necrosword is a real bad business cuz it's like a god slaying weapon and Gore's like aren't you gonna help the people who follow you and stuff? We kind of care.
0: He's like uh, that's uh kind of your job to die for my cause, you know? And and that's <laughs> Sorry. So Gore gets mad and gets
3: infected and by the um the Necrosword, the, the Necrosword and becomes the God Butcher and starts with killing his own gods. So now he's on a Dea Dea side. Yeah. He's on a Dea side spree now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, meanwhile Meanwhile, another meanwhile we, We're we back on Earth, right? Uh, and there's like somewhere in Iceland or something, there's new Asgard established, but Elsewhere from that, we have Jane Foster, um, who is Thor's Natalie girlfriend Portwoman. from the first Natalie two movies Portwoman. Natalie Portwoman
0: Long may she reign
3: <laughs> Well, not very long, because she's got cancer Oops. <laughs> Oopsie <laughs> <laughs> uh, So she's Trying to be the physicist who, you know, solves wormholes and helps people and stuff and does a bunch of cool stuff. But she's also got cancer, so that limits her ability to do things and the time with which she has to do it. Yep. Um, her and Thor have, like, broken up long since because he was just off doing galaxy stuff. And she's like, you're never here for me when I need you. And I'm never here for you because I'm doing other things, too.
0: They grew apart.
3: They grew apart. Um...
0: At a point where it was necessary for them to commit further to relationship. And they were both kind of scared to do it.
3: Right. Anyway, so one day she's um, sick with cancer and stuff. And she's... It's terminal, right? Uh, There's no way around it. And she's like, but I have to do something with my life. I don't have a lot of life left to do stuff with. So how could I possibly uh, extend this? And she's like, wait a minute. I know Viking people. I know Viking gods. Why don't I, I go to New Asgard and see if I can get help? Um, and so that's where she goes. Anyway, so after Thor saves Sif, he brings her back to New Asgard on Earth, uh, meets up with his, his friend Valkyrie, oh, oh, and Korg tags along with him, the rock guy from mm-hmm. uh, from Ragnarok. Um. So he's talking with Valkyrie and she's all like Hey Thor Um, Actually no, he shows up on, on, on At uh, New Asgard and that's About the same time that Gore the God Butcher Shows up actually
0: And he summons a bunch of shadow monsters And the Asgardians are fighting them off Yeah so so Thor joins the fight And he's like
3: hi I'm here to help you save from the shadow monsters And then there's uh, a Mjolnir shows up It's like hey this is my old hammer It, it broke in Ragnarok but now it's fixed What's going on? Uh, turns out it's being wielded by jane foster who is now has big guns and a cape and she's all thor-like and he's like whoa this is weird not only my
0: ex-hammer and my ex-girlfriend in the same place (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: and so uh they they fight the shadow monsters and they fight gore the god butcher but and, and they chase him off, and he runs away, but not before, using shadow spider monsters to snatch all of the children in New Asgard and take them away to the Shadow Realm.
0: They lost in Yu-Gi-Oh.
3: They lost a Yu-Gi-Oh battle. <laughs> uh, so that's a cause for concern for the people of Asgard. They're being
0: held hostage.
3: Yes, they're being held hostage in the Shadow Realm. And they confirm this by Thor, like, talking with the son of Heimdall, who was the guy who ran the Rainbow Bridge um, uh, Bifrost. Bifrost. And he had also the ability to just see everywhere and everything. So they communicate, and it's like, hey, uh, don't worry, kids. We're coming for you. We have a plan. We have a plan, right?
0: Yeah, we're making a plan.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're making a plan. And so, like, um, and so Thor's like, hey, okay, plan is... Uh, this guy's a god butcher, right? Why don't we go talk to other gods and get like a whole posse rounded up so that we can fight this guy uh, and save the godly race? And they're like, cool, let, let, let's do that. Um, so they modify a boat with the bifrost abilities of Thor's axe called Stormbreaker. They tie some screaming goats to the front to pull because the boat.
0: Stormbreaker, ordinarily, he can summon the, the bifrost with Stormbreaker, but... He seems to have a bit of a personality and is a little mipped that Thor is making eyes at his old hammer. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> the way they do it. So, so the they, yeah. screaming
1: goats, however, are not all that funny.
3: No. No. They, they just, just got annoying. They're just there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so they uh, start heading off to the palace city of the god people uh, and Thor's like, okay, this is let, let, let's do this. This is great. Good, good. And of course, him and Jane are a little tense. Little led
0: by, of course, the mighty Zeus Muscle oh, yes. Crow,
3: with a Except vaguely not Greek so muscley anymore. Big
0: Big Mac Muscle Crow. Oh,
2: he's <laughs> got like
0: <laughs> he's got
3: a six pack printed on his uh, his armor, the way that old Romans do, mm-hmm. uh, covering his one ab.
0: I assume that is. But he has this his, this powerful lightning bolt weapon. Yes.
1: Um... There's definitely not the Lightning Thief vibes going on here.
3: (laughs) No, Right. So, yeah, they get to the the palace council room, and uh, Zeus is all like, Hey, I'm Zeus! What are we going to do? We're we're going to have our council planning our parties for us and our just decadent way of life up here because nobody cares about people on Earth. And Thor's Mm -hmm. like, Wait a minute. I thought our whole purpose... As gods was to protect people and to uh, help our people, and he's like, nope, that's not how we do. And Thor's like, okay, but at the very least, can I can I like borrow your cool lightning bolt? Uh, and uh, Zeus is like, uh, no, I don't want you to go after Gore because that just is going to lead him back here. We're all scared yeah, you of him. You know
0: where we are, and if he gets you, then he's going to find out where we are, and we're safe here. We don't we don't we we're in our little cocoon. We don't want to. Besides that, like that, uh
3: Gore's there's no way Gore's gonna get to eternity, so it's no big deal. Say what? <laughs> uh, yeah, turns out actually Gore's real plan is to wake some primordial deity thing uh who's been just asleep for a long time and has is like sealed in like some dimension where if you reach him, you can get a wish. first person to talk to him gets it gets gets a wish, which is like neat. Uh, we don't want him to do that because then he's just just gonna wish all the gods would die, and bad news that that's just genocide.
0: That's they, like, at some point, I forget when, discovered that the reason, like Stormbreaker, since can summon the Bifrost, so the Bifrost is the key to. Opening oh, they learn learned blood. that when they
3: get to the Shadow Realm. Okay, that's much later. Right now, they got to fight their way out of uh, God City. Fight, mm-hmm. uh, fight Zeus. Grab his thunderbolt. Fight a bunch of gold guys. Uh, Korg blows up, but they take his face (laughs) because his face is the only part of him that needs to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Um, So they get in their boat after sailing the lightning boat and fly away, headed toward the Shadow Realm. Um, It's here that uh, Thor and um, Jane Jane have a bit of a heart-to-heart where Thor's like, yeah, all this time after losing you and after then having my mom die my dad die uh my brother died my planet blew up i failed to save half the universe my planet blew up it's i've been a mess and so i'm just emotionally closed off to a lot of people but at the beginning i um, don't
0: want to yeah peter quill uh pointed out to him it's better to feel crappy having tried to love than to never love at all
3: uh it's better to love and law have lost than to never loved at all basically basically except said in the very star lord way yep and so Thor's like, I want to, I want to feel crappy about you. And he's he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I mean, yeah. And this is where Jane comes clean with him. It's like, yeah, but I have cancer. You're gonna lose me anyway. <laughs> and Thor's da, 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 like, da, yeah. mm, okay, that's this is a mess. But we'll make do with the time we have, one step at a time, right? Live in the moment, right? Live every day like it's your last. Uh, so they go to the Shadow Realm, uh, and they <sighs> show up. Uh, Try, to try and find the, the children, but the children aren't there. Turns out it's a trap laid by Gore. Who'd have thought? Because turns out your shadow powers are even more powerful in the shadow realm. Mm-hmm. And the Bifrost is the key to opening this vault. Right. Uh, Jane so finds like in. the notes and it's like, oh, Bifrost. He needs that. Oops. Uh, so, so he doesn't
0: she, want Thor. He wants uh, Stormbreaker. So she
3: r- runs into the room Thor's, Thor's in, grabs Stormbreaker, and throws it off of the comically tiny planet mm-hmm. and Thor's like is there a good reason you threw my axe away and she's like yeah because he needs it um, but then he ambushes them uh, he uses shadow monsters to uh, you know wrap them up and get them all subdued and he's like hey Thor could you call your hammer for me because I need it and he's like no and he's like uh, well then I'm going to talk to Okay I guess people. they'll die. Guess they'll die uh, and if, if you want to be like all the other gods and abandon them. Go ahead. Be my guest. He's like, oh, I'm different. I'm different. So he does summon his axe and they have a big old battle about it. And it's a whole whole
0: thing. But eventually they get, you know, sent back to Earth and yeah. Thor's, Thor's trying the... to
3: like, in, in an attempt to extract everybody from the planet to escape to Earth. Uh, he summons by frost, and everybody else gets sucked up. But Gore grabs Stormbreaker just as Thor is getting sucked up, and so now he has Stormbreaker. It's like, cool, I got the key. So they all get back to Earth. Everybody's badly injured, and Jane, in particular, is not doing so hot nope. because turns out every time she's been picking up the hammer. It's basically been resetting her chemotherapy, so she is in worse shape than ever. The, the, using the hammer is killing her as much as it's...
0: It's accelerating ca- ex- the cancer, basically.
3: Essentially. And this me- this leaves Thor to be like, um, okay, Jane, you're not coming. Valkyrie, you're not coming because you got stabbed. I'm going to take the lightning bolt that it was Zeus's, uh, and I don't have... I'm going to leave me only here because... reasons. Mm-hmm. Um... And I'm gonna go save the kids and get Stormbreaker back, even if it kills me. So let's go. Let's go do this. Jane, of course, objects. She's like, "I thought. What, what, what about all that uh, doing stuff together? What about living in the moment?" He's like, "Yeah, but I want you to have moments to live." So, see ya. I'll be back.
0: <laughs> Basically.
3: So he goes up to the place where um, Gore is opening the gateway to eternity, and that's where all the children are thor shows up it's like okay he's summoning shadow monsters i need an army i haven't don't have a god army all i have is kids behind me so here's what i'm gonna do uh everybody grab whatever thing lying around that you can use as a weapon and then he uses his god powers that he apparently has to say whoever holds these weapons shall for this day for a limited time only (laughs) possess the power of thor and mm-hmm. boom, you've got an army of Asgardian children using all manner of just rubble and debris and a uh, toy bunny to dis- to fight shadow monsters, and it's a grand old time. And then Thor goes up to to Gore, uh, lightning bolt clashes against sword. There's this big epic battle with them, uh, and it's it's tight, it's close. Uh, Thor nearly dies, but then Mjolnir shows up because Jane shows up because Jane's like um. I I come to help you, <laughs> and mm. Thor's like, "Come on, Jane! I, you you're you're gonna die though." She's like, "No time to talk. Let's fight." So they
0: they realize if they break the uh, the, the necro sword, that's sort of what's keeping. It's sort of eating away at Gore and causing him to die. So if they break the necro sword, the source of his power, then he'll die.
3: Right. And so that's what they do. They end up breaking the necro sword, uh, and Gore it falls limp to the ground, but. The portal is opened, uh, so that's that's not cool. Um, Thor tosses the kids the bif- um, uh, the well, the uh, Stormbreaker mm-hmm. so they can summon Bifrost. I had Bifrost stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And um, go home. So they all go home, and Thor and Jane chase uh, Gore into the Eternity Void world. Um, but Jane is all dying and stuff. And Gore's almost up to this space being, who's just kind of chill, sitting there like Zen, uh, and Thor's like, "Hey Gore, could you could you not kill all the gods?" And he's like, "Why not? Uh,
0: choose love, man.
3: Cho- choose love, man. If <laughs> <laughs> you're, he's you're like, dying if you're anyway, kill me,
0: fine. I'm just gonna go spend time with a woman I love before she dies." And so. That kind the gore of, is also free of the influence of the, the right Because it was the
3: sword whispering, kill all the gods, you know, mm-hmm. to him all the time. But now free of the sword's influence and wanting a final moment of peace before he passes on, he asks Eternity to bring back his daughter. Mm-hmm. So his daughter co- comes out and holds her father as she, he dies, paralleling what Thor's doing over there with Jane, because Jane dies uh, of just her wounds and of cancer because now it's just too much mm-hmm. so with both of them dead Thor takes um, Gore's daughter uh, named Love and they they go um, everybody on Asgard sort yeah. of adopts her now yeah everybody all the Asgardians on Earth have their kids back and they're doing good uh, and now Thor has a daughter slash partner in crime to help him Cause, continue yeah, to protect those who cannot back, protect
0: themselves. In coming back, she's sort of, a, I guess, has these powers of her own now.
3: Because she came from eternity. Mm-hmm. So she has eternity god powers sort of thing. So that's kind of the gist of Thor Love and Thunder. Yep.
0: What are some of the things we liked?
1: I was pleasantly surprised that it was a meaningful film at all. Yeah, yeah. I'll i did, I had come to not expect a great deal from Phase, phase four, 4 Marvel.
3: Yeah. This is definitely like, one of the
1: highlights. Yeah, like, apart from WandaVision, this is like the only thing that kind of had some meat to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so it
0: was, yeah, that that was pleasantly surprising. We'll get into like the, uh, you know, the beauty and the creative work that went into it, but it's uh it's a quite visually pleasing movie to watch in short, I mean
3: as far as cool stuff segment goes i I'll say I like the so Thor one and two are very um ye only uh Viking Norse lore very kind of grounded in their aesthetic, mm-hmm. whereas Ragnarok and love and Thunder take the um the Viking aesthetic. Of metal albums from the 80s and yep. turned that into a movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that goes for the soundtrack also. So it's like it has this more fun, bright aesthetic and vibe to it. Uh, even Thor's costume, like halfway through the movie, I'm like wait a minute, that's bright blue and bright, bright gold and uh, vivid red, red cape. This is comic Thor. Yep, finally.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And <sighs> Just... the the first scene where he's on that planet with the giant glass thing where it's mm-hmm. just like it's just you know someone took the paint palette and threw it at the wall like it's just, and it's, just it's, color everywhere. It's interesting because there's a
0: lot of detail in color but it's not like noisy and hard to look at it's like right. dang this is like watching a painting in some ways and it's it kind of
1: like representing the the sort of attitude and persona that Thor is trying to show the world like it's the facade
2: Mhm.
1: Matches perfectly this kind of colorful gung-ho, you know, comedic. He's trying to light-hearted put on the
0: personality face. of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's not quite working.
1: Right. It just doesn't fit and he ends up shattering it. Mhm. Without really a- meaning to. Mhm. As he shatters his, you know, kind of the vibe of the Guardians. Yep. It's a yeah. nice little parallel that they did there. There's
3: a lot of neat parallels. I kind of liked how Gore using the sword was eating away at him and killing him slowly, doing evil. But Jane using the hammer was also slowly killing her, but she was doing good, right? One was a self-consuming destruction, a self-destruction. The other was a self-sacrifice, particularly right at the end when it's like she, she has nothing left to give but to... Give herself to help mm-hmm. save Thor and the kids, right? Yeah. So, I, I kind of not thought that was a a neat parallel they had. Um, and also I I, I only remembered as watching as I was watching this movie, it's like, oh yeah, that's how Jane Foster Thor worked in the comics. She, she had cancer and that was making it worse. I forgot about that. So it was a really neat way to a bring back the character and b lay her to rest.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Because she just sort of disappeared in the last movies. Yeah. Um, And and literally
1: since Thor 2, she has not been in anything. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: They managed to uh, kind of tell us why, essentially. Um, Yeah. In in a way that made a good deal of character and narrative sense.
3: And it wasn't like, hi, I'm girl Thor, I'm better than you, right? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of a bad habit that comic book media can have where it's like hi i'm the mary sue version of you and it's like that's great and all but why
0: (laughs) yep she's still very much jane foster but with thor powers now
1: which makes a very interesting character relationship with thor Mm
0: -hmm. because they're on a sort of level playing field in terms of power i mean they've always like He's always admired like her her mind her Her mind and um, but now she's sort of, she's got guns. Yes, <laughs> Natalie Portwoman put the work in to get guns for this
3: movie, and I have mad respect for her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nellie Portwoman and her uh, joined the Python Club for <laughs> making this movie. <laughs> um, let's see what else before, because I feel like more is gonna kind of bleed into the uh, transition. Yeah, nose. like I mean, that's.
1: Yeah. Most of what's worth talking about in this movie is in that. So,
0: Mm. I guess let's just kick it off. Uh, truth. What truths are in Thor, Love, and Thunder? Love involves sacrifice and loss, and pain. Mm -hmm. It hurts to love people, (laughs) and it's sort of a in the never-ending human desire to have your cake and eat it too. Thor is sort of caught in this tension of you know by trying to you know at first their relationship when it's has a chance to go deeper you know he sees like a kid and you know out in public and he's like mm, maybe should we try to start a family but then they get scared and split off in like being afraid to lose what they had in the moment they end up losing their relationship and then Thor wants to try to do that again, you know, by telling Jane, okay, don't pick up Mjolnir. You're going to die faster. But she understands that loving involved. You have to give your, of yourself to love. And at first that's something they were unwilling or unable to do, but they both kind of learned this lesson. And so Thor, you know, understands this and accepts Jane's self-sacrifice. And loves her all the more for having done that in, 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 uh, in her memory. Because so she, being she sad that she died. She doesn't mean so
1: much to him that he can't let her go. Like, he's, his love kind of reaches its completion by allowing her to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Be- because he
3: realizes being sad that she died is better than feeling empty because she was he
0: was never in her life. Mm-hmm so that's like the big thing um, it's uh, it's interesting too how like his character went from because the, the thing that the movie acknowledges like the this and Ragnarok acknowledge they don't like pretend the first two Thor movies never happened but they sort of do something different with Thor and advance his character in ways the first two movies didn't As uh, the first two Thor movies place. he
1: was kind of flat yeah like. yeah he was big, strong Thunderman who beat up, you know, trolls with his hammer. Yeah, basically the
0: Avengers uh, movies and the last two Thor movies like tore him down and it's like, okay, what's left? So at first he's kind of faced with that's trying to fill this empty hole in his life by going around with the Guardians of the Galaxy and trying to be all like, you know, swashbuckly and rad. But it's it's sort of like you said, a facade. It doesn't really work. Um, he because he had tried this thing where he's like, "Okay, I'm the king of Asgard now. I have duties to do." It's like, "Well, okay, everything was taken from me. What if I try to be this uh, lone um, space pirate? Space pirate, and that doesn't work." And so he sort of brought back full circle into responsibility for and, the people of Asgard and love, and he now has a daughter to raise, essentially, at the end of the film.
3: It also, um, Thor's contrast with the rest of the pantheon of other god figures Mm -hmm. is interesting. Where Thor has adopted, ever since the Avengers in his first movie, this dedication to protecting people who... Fighting for the good of those who can't fight good, as Quark puts it, I believe. Yep. Where it's like, I have this... Um, status, this this power and this responsibility to this people, who I am the king of, hmm. essentially. Um, he tries I need to hand to, it out to Valkyrie,
0: but it doesn't. It's like
3: it doesn't suit her well. She's a no. horseback riding, spear throwing woman. Yep. And of course, she's still she's still king back on Asgard because Thor's off in his space trailer with uh with love, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it it's interesting to. See Thor, kind of, and even Jane, honestly, embody what the uh, the gods should be, uh, versus what they actually are, which is a bunch of self indulgent jerks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is the accurate assessment of like the different pantheons that they uh,
1: portray. That they display, yeah, especially like yeah. the Greeks, like yeah. yeah, Zeus being the king
3: of the uh, the butt heads up there. It's like yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. This is nothing like Disney's Hercules, and it's good. Honey, you mean Hercules! Hercules!
0: Who shows up in the post-credits?
3: Because Marvel's Hercules needs to fight Thor, apparently. Mm -hmm. They're they're, they're forming the 90s Avengers with white vision, and uh, I think uh, Black Knight was in uh, Eternals, not like I care. Yeah, I have no idea. Also, in Pantheon God Place, there was a couple large people, like I believe, show up in... Eternals at some point oh yeah that may have been a sideways reference to that not that I've seen the movie I don't care the other
0: thing uh, you pointed out last night after we watched it Nathan was like the how the mechanics of Mjolnir work like being worthy of the power of Thor means being willing to sacrifice your life and that's why Jane Foster is worthy to be Thor
1: yeah, and that's why Steve Rogers was
0: worthy to be Thor. He
3: yep. was worthy ever since the first time he said, "I could do this all day."
0: Yeah, well, and then that's why Thor was worthy to be Thor in the end is because he it, it came down to
3: him versus the the destroyer robot from the first movie, where he's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Loki, you're after me. If it's me, you're after. Leave everybody else alone." Uh, and in and a then, certain
0: way, like Jane in sacrificing herself to the point of it, and actually dying becomes more of a Thor than Thor was in that regard. I mean,
3: in the mid-credit scene, she goes to Valhalla because mm-hmm. she died in battle. So, yep,
0: neat, interesting implications there, but we won't go into that. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see, what are some other main elements of truth that we can touch on? And
2: Thor
1: kind of yeah. hit like Thor's own personal emotional arc, yeah, throughout this movie. It just kind of like him, just his approach to pain, not even responsibility, and mm-hmm. not even with regard to relationship, just like solely interiorly,
0: you see some healing happen for Thor in this movie,
2: which
1: yeah, he like takes this approach of numbing and distracting and f- you know kind of in a very bachelor like way, going and just trying to forget about or numb his his desire for something more.
0: Mm -hmm. He has to live for something.
1: Right, because he was, you know, he's the son of Odin. He's supposed to be the king of Asgard. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But he kind of shirked that responsibility out of this kind of juvenile, adolescent Mm -hmm. desire to kind of invent himself. And as Mm -hmm. he goes over the the course of, like, Ragnarok and Love and Thunder, he kind of gets that attitude broken out of him like like you Throwing said back he's just space, basically. he's torn apart he's like de- deprived of every possible avenue out of which he could escape and, and he's that's like sort of forced how Thor, to behold himself
0: that's kind of how Thor learns things because he's not able to understand what it means to be Thor and worthy until he has his power stripped away in the first movie and uh, nothing really happens in the second movie and then in the third movie you know, he's like, okay, I accept the responsibility of being king of Asgard, and then Avengers have uh, Infinity War saga happens, and he
3: fails to kill Thanos, and that pain he tries to drown in beer, which does he, not work,
1: mm-hmm. but beer chips in Fortnite,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, he, um, I think he sort of learns to understand like through his inadequacy, his own like what he is really <laughs> capable of because yeah he has like this deep power like you know he's the god of thunder after all so he's got these lightning powers and all that that are inherent to him it's not just from his hammer from his external like he learns all these things about himself but he's still kind of forced to learn things the very hard way and that stays consistent because
1: mm-hmm. he is ontologically the least human of the avengers yes right. <laughs> and becomes so he more has to human. work the hardest to learn how to become human
0: yes he he does over the course of these movies, do that in a large way, and it's cool to see that Thor has you know character development through the last few installments. Because yeah, the first two movies, nothing really beyond. Well, the first one obviously kind right of becoming a movie.
3: But the second one it was just kind of like trusting Loki and then not trusting Loki and then trusting Loki again and then not trusting him again and and trusting Loki. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of it the second movie and even later was very centered around loki (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like he was the main
1: character of
0: dark world yeah the god butcher um
1: i suppose stands opposite to thor as the single father and what that looks like
0: he's um sort of the uh richard dawkins atheist on steroids (laughs) God's dead, and I killed him. Yeah, <laughs> well, that'd be Nietzsche on steroids. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> with a with a necro sword, but like this, um, I like how they've managed to stick to the the idea of demigods being these powerful, non divine creatures. Mm-hmm. And they keep that consistent. Um, you didn't see any representatives of the major religions in, uh, in those, uh, in the hall of the gods or whatever. Which was like, whew, that was respectful. Yeah, glad you didn't go there, movie. But it sort of addressed like this idea, like, yeah, if I suppose it's more of a rebuttal of paganism because, it's like, okay, well, if all these really self-absorbed, power-hungry maniacs in the sky were in charge, yeah, you would have a Time reason to, to give to the award
3: to the person who had the most human sacrifices this year.
0: Yeah. Sort of the callous, selfish, degenerate way they carry about themselves. Like, gore is in a way justified in his anger towards the demigods.
3: But also, he kind of takes the extreme of what Thor does, where he Mm -hmm. loses everything and has this great deal of pain and tries to seek revenge on an entire race in order to quench that. Yeah. In order to numb that, right? He's not processing his pain correctly. Mm Mm-hmm but it's to an extreme that is actively which harming. Thor
1: also kind of did in his own way with the Jotuns
3: very much so in the, in the first one
1: mm-hmm.
3: so yeah there's a
0: what's an interesting parallel there um...
3: so I, th- I think this m- movie does a really good job of having a lot of really subtle parallels between the major players I do feel like the the sudden turn of oh I'll wish for love then instead. Well, it was a little sudden, but it was it fit the. they set it up well, they did.
0: You know, at the beginning, well the intro of the movie, you know, well enough. Yeah, it's it. They did the, what they needed to to get that across. Uh, I suppose we should move on into goodness at some point.
1: We should. Yes. What is good in Love and Thunder? I think Thor like, and Jane are good. Mm-hmm. They get yeah. there at least.
0: Yeah. They're both flawed people who made mistakes in their relationship and it was sort of a mutual breakup. But they both still genuinely care for each other and by the end of the movie truly love each they other. They just both wanted to forget that at the time
1: mm-hmm. because of their sort of selfishness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but they both set aside their selfishness so that the other may live more fully or, as the case may be, die yeah die well which is a uh, which is a rather noble way for that relationship to end yeah. relationship to end I also i also like uh
3: valkyrie in this movie mm-hmm. she's she's not comfortable being king of asgard but she does it cuz she has to and she's the best suited she
0: makes it a tourist attraction <laughs> she, that she kind of does but it's she doesn't. Nothing really happens for her character other than just kind of being. aware she, like, She's a constant, kind
1: of like Quark. something of a mediator between Thor and Jane uh, mm. on the trip.
0: Yeah, right. So she does serve that purpose. And then Korg's just fourth wheeling, like,
3: "Hello, hey, bro,
1: I'm Korg. <laughs> yep. Hello, I'm a gay
0: rock." That seems to be the case for like every time I see Taika Waititi in a movie. Besides Free Guy, he's just sort of that background character who's like, "Hey, what's up? I'm here. I'll no jokes." <laughs> I'll be fun, and also am Hitler. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> except for that. Yeah, my name is JoJo. Rabbit. That's JoJo Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> um.
3: Also, I liked um when Thor was talking to Heimdall's son. Oh yeah. Uh, that was just like him trying tr- growing into a leader figure, and also having this putting on a brave face for the
0: kids like whenever you involve kids, the stakes suddenly get icky yep. you know he literally empowers the kids to help them. He doesn't just save the day he empowers the kids to win their freedom leads by example mm-hmm. you know, literally turning them all into little Thors and having a you know a lightning bolt shooting stuffed rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, and, and Thor's like sort of adoptive fatherhood of what's her, of, lo- of love love. Is a good at
3: at the end, yeah. It's a good way to end the
0: movie. So yeah, lots, lots, lots of good stuff in uh, *Love and Thunder*. Uh, Beauty. We touched on some of the aesthetics. Uh, Very like in the era of uh, visual effects sweatshops and uh, mediocre results, this movie, stylistically, aesthetically, is very fun to watch and very pretty.
3: Yeah, it's (laughs) got that it's like a
0: comic book that moves the the sequence where they're in like the shadow realm where it's just light and dark with you know the... with like
3: I, I love how whenever they use um, like Mjolnir there's a little bit of blue mm. whenever they use the lightning there's a little bit of yellow like there is color it's just coming from these objects of power that break through the shadow
0: yep it's a cool, uh, it's a cool set piece and uh, a sequence overall. Also, I, I think
3: Gore's eyes like glow, glowed orange. Yep, they too. did. So it's like there was it, it drew attention to right where you needed to look.
0: Apparently, uh, apparently, you were saying like Gore uh, in the comics didn't have a nose. Yeah,
3: he's he's nailing that doesn't have a nose in the comics, and that they upset ha- some people. They let him <laughs> have, they have a nose it. in
0: this, probably so he wouldn't like cut it off for the role, you know, because. <laughs> He'll gain like 400,000 pounds to be the sandworm and Dune, for example, or lose <laughs> however many pounds he did for that one movie. So they probably wanted to hide that fact from him so he wouldn't just like go and cut his nose off. Or yeah. to make the
3: makeup or BFX department a little cheaper. Yeah. Or to actually have the actor be
0: recognizable. And, and probably just so people wouldn't be like, this guy is just Voldemort.
3: Probably. Or look too much like the... Um... The guy from
0: Endgame. Game, The sorcerer well, dude, I don't remember his name.
3: I don't remember it either. He had a name, I
0: think. Probably. One of the, the children. Guy that worked Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway. But like, yeah, that's like the music choice also was really fun. I like how the the last song of Sweet mine child of the mine.
0: <laughs> that was a was a nice That fit. was a
3: very clever use of that song. Yep. Because not only is that song about an old love literally right mm-hmm. like in the lyrics you read it's about a past relationship it also sweet child of mine he adopts a child at the end mm-hmm. the and re- reason, it reminds him
0: of the you know the woman
3: he loved it's, it's all it's all great <laughs> but
0: yep. yeah it's a, it's just like oh wow yeah they actually they didn't just throw that in there for the recognizability and marketing it uh it fits with the the visual aesthetic as well like you said with like the uh the metal um, yeah it, it's
3: a it's less uh old dusty book norse mythology and more metal album norse mythology
0: mm-hmm. this is yeah masters of the universe almost <laughs> a little he-man yeah a little bit <laughs> they threw a little bit of that in there but yeah uh solid solid outing on those
3: counts yeah one of the better additions to marvel phase four what uh which unity. isn't saying much but right
0: <laughs> unity what draws everything together love and responsibility love and thunder
1: <laughs> yeah anthropology okay <laughs> love and responsibility okay <laughs> which is mostly about anthropology
0: makes sense uh sweet childhood. what is
1: a human being what are we made for what are love. we doing and what does that take responsibility Everything.
0: who are those guys what are they up to <laughs> what's he doing
3: <laughs> they're they're in that like uh reflective water world where, with with Eternatus and' where, with eternity I mean and um uh which is Thors like
0: th- parallel to like the soul stone realm a little bit but I was
3: about
1: and to say also
2: the chain did
3: laid. you do
0: it yes what did it cost everything, everything. <laughs> actually but though. actually though yeah <laughs> it's uh mains main it keeps that consistent so yeah yeah <sighs> But yes, love and responsibility. It keeps the main thing the main thing.
1: And thunder. And, and
3: thunder.
0: thunder. Yeah. Gotta keep that in there. A lot of thunder. It's funny It's funny how like he sort of references like, oh yeah, oh, uh, Zeus is so cool. I basically like based my whole thing off of him. He's, He's lightning,
3: p- I'm thunder. <laughs> and it's interesting, we have three different thunder weapons in the entire movie. You've got yeah, the Mjolnir. lightning multi-steel from uh, Zeus, Zeus yep. Stormbreaker, and Mjolnir. And Thor uses all of them <laughs> mm-hmm. at different points in the movie
0: and he picks he's still so worthy of Mjolnir cuz he picks it up he's like okay 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 good. <laughs> just just check and, <laughs> and <then> stormbreaker, <laughs> stormbreaker gets jealous. slides into frame <laughs> that
3: was that was a funny little addition to give the hammer's or the weapon's personalities yeah that
0: wasn't really present they didn't overplay otherwise. it which was nice but like they did it in key moments so it was quite comedic <laughs> so i i liked that yeah overall solid film Anything uh, anything else we want to add before we wrap stuff up? Alrighty then. Well, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papists. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating to let us know what you think of the show, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and twitch.tv slash palapapists. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiumpapers at gmail.com and we will talk to you again in the next no we'll talk to you again next time (laughs) no
2: promises Uh, bye bye see ya